millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, I know everybody's going to be shocked about this, but that Nintendo emulator isn't coming to Steam. <laughs> For July 21st, 2023, this is Let's Play Daily Gaming News. Hey, what's going on? My name's Nate Bender, and welcome to Let's Play, a daily gaming news podcast where we run down everything you need to know from the gaming world in about five minutes. Coming up, speaking of Steam, Overwatch 2 is actually heading to Steam. Microsoft and Activision Blizzard lecture the FTC about the public good, and we'll check out the week that was in video game news with the Friday Replay. After two months of silence, the developers behind Dolphin, the GameCube, and Wii emulator have finally spoken out, corroborating that Valve had originally contacted Nintendo after the Dolphin Steam release announcement, which triggered Nintendo to send a formal legal notice to Valve to keep the emulator off their platform. Valve then forwarded the legal notice to the Dolphin team and told them to work it out with Nintendo to release Dolphin. Given Nintendo's track record of working or not working, as the case may be, with other emulation developers, it's pretty safe to assume that this task is impossible, meaning that Dolphin will most likely never see a Steam release. However, the Dolphin team is also taking heat from their emulation peers. This is because the legality of the Dolphin emulator is, at best, dubious, because it contains what is known as a Wii cryptographic key. Nintendo holds the copyright to these Wii cryptographic keys, which are used to authenticate games on the Wii, with other emulator developers urging the Dolphin team to find an alternative workaround so Nintendo quits targeting emulator developers and potentially opening the floodgates for mass DMCA takedowns, breaking the one unspoken rule in the emulation and modding scene, don't poke the Nintendo bear. And the reason is because Nintendo tends to tactically nuke anyone who they perceive to be infringing on their copyright. 
With that being said, though, the Dolphin team has abandoned their Steam release plans entirely, but it's unclear if the potential legal issues will stop there. Activision Blizzard's desperation around Overwatch 2 is getting worse. Blizzard Entertainment announced on Wednesday night that Overwatch 2 would be coming to Steam on August 10th. Blizzard is seemingly treating Steam like a whole new platform, requiring anyone who plays Overwatch 2 on Steam to link a Battle.net account in order to play. This requirement to link accounts means that Blizzard is looking to boost their monthly active users, because Blizzard counts each login to a different platform as a different user, meaning if they can get their current player base to log on through Steam, it would technically boost their metrics. But of course, Blizzard is marketing this as a way to allow people not invested in Battle.net a way to play Overwatch 2. Here's the thing, in all of the promotional material for the Steam version, it never makes clear that a Battle.net account is required to play. Blizzard has also confirmed that some of their other games are planned to make their way to Steam, though no timetable has been given. Overall, this push to put Activision Blizzard titles on Steam is a pretty transparent way to artificially inflate Overwatch 2's ailing metrics, and to try to sell shareholders and gamers that Overwatch 2 is performing when it really just isn't. Let's finish today off with one last update from the Microsoft and Activision Blizzard merger. Yesterday, both companies filed a request to the Federal Trade Commission asking the FTC to withdraw their plans for the administrative hearing that's slated for August, citing the failed injunction hearings to demonstrate that the FTC has no legal standing to continue their regulatory duties. The filing added that further adjudication is not mandatory and withdrawing the administrative hearing would be in, quote, the public's interest. On top of the request from Microsoft and Activision Blizzard, 22 Republican representatives have also penned a letter urging the FTC to drop their regulatory pursuit. As of this recording, the FTC has not commented on this matter. But I think it says a lot that this recommendation from Activision Blizzard came with 22 Republican and only Republican representatives urging for the merger. So just ask yourself, when was the last time that 22 Republicans had the best interest of the public, much less a good f***ing idea? You might as well have sent this letter along with personal recommendations from Lex Luthor and Dr. Doom. Look, I get some ditch canoe said on Twitter that this case was poorly argued, but let's be f***ing real. The last people on planet Earth I want to hear lecture anyone, much less the FTC, about the public interest is the company that introduced the Bill Cosby suite and the CEO that threatened to have his secretary murdered. Links in the goddamn description. It's Friday, and once again, we don't have any new podcast reviews. But you know what? If you have a problem with what I just said, why don't you let me know in the form of a podcast review? Maybe you'll convince one of your Republican friends to give this podcast a skip. 
You never know. But you know what will happen? I will read it here on Fridays on the show. So head on over to Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podchaser, and Amazon, and let us know what you think about what I just said. All right, it's Friday, and let's check out some of the biggest stories from this week in gaming with the Friday Replay. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Late Friday night, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals denied the Federal Trade Commission's appeal, allowing for Microsoft to move ahead on acquiring Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. The Ninth Circuit Court denied the FTC's appeal with simply the motion for injunctive relief is denied. Microsoft's President Brad Smith gave a statement to The Verge following the Ninth Circuit's ruling, stating that he appreciated the Ninth Circuit's, quote, swift response in denying the appeal. While the FTC has lost two attempts to block this merger, the regulatory body still has a chance to sue to force divestitures after the deal is final. However, this route to force a divestiture out of Microsoft is pretty unlikely to happen given that forced divestiture litigation takes several years to run its course. So barring any last-minute regulatory hurdles, Microsoft will be finalizing this deal in the U.S. tomorrow. Now across the pond, Microsoft and Active Vision Blizzard are still working through the bureaucracy with the UK's Competition and Markets Authority, with Microsoft drafting a new modified deal with Activision to jump through the regulatory hoops once again. However, the CMA doesn't seem to have the same urgency as the U.S. court system because the CMA has slated its second final decision date to sometime before August 29th. Overall, it's disappointing and pretty frustrating to see every regulatory body on the planet essentially roll over to giant corporations, especially with how poorly the FTC did with characterizing the actual harm to consumers that this merger causes. Further consolidation will incentivize the gaming market to raise prices over time, not just at Microsoft, but across the board. So as competition lessens, it becomes easier to price gouge your customers, which is something we've seen internet service providers do since the fall of net neutrality. The FTC just danced around the point with Call of Duty's exclusivity, but never really drove home the actual long-term ramifications of this $68.7 billion acquisition. Now, before Sony fans get too worried, Xbox head Phil Spencer issued a statement on Twitter yesterday morning, an 
announcing that Microsoft and Sony have come together and signed a, quote, binding agreement to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation following the acquisition, which is slightly different from the original deal Microsoft offered. The original deal would have kept all Activision Blizzard titles on PlayStation until 2027. This just covers Call of Duty. And it seems after the FTC legal spat, Microsoft isn't as amicable as they once were. Over the last couple of months, the film and television industry has been going through some tumultuous strikes, with the Writers Guild of America striking out on May 12th and SAG-AFTRA following in the WGA's footsteps on July 14th. There are several reasons for both unions striking, but the main issue is the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the entity that studio executives created to negotiate union contracts. The AMPTP and the two unions have been negotiating their contracts up until the strike started. The two unions have been trying to secure better salaries for writers and actors, along with protecting both writers and actors from predatory uses of AI. The latter of which the AMPTP was offering background actors a day's wage to scan their likeness to use in film and television. Giving the studio the rights to use that background actor's likeness in perpetuity without additional compensation. The AMPTP also stagnated on giving writers and actors amicable residual payments from streamed content, with CEO of Disney Bob Iger claiming that these demands are not, quote, realistic. Now, you're probably wondering how the WGA and SAG after strikes affect video games. Well, while video game voice actors are a part of SAG-AFTRA, SAG-AFTRA negotiates a separate contract with the video game industry. So this strike really doesn't affect video game development. That being said, though, video game adaptations are definitely being affected by this strike. HBO's The Last of Us Season 2 is a great example. Showrunners have come out in full support of the strike, but were candid about the actual impact on the show. Pre-production was in full swing with the first episode of the second season written and finalized right before the WGA strike happened, which has halted any production until the WGA and AMPTP can negotiate a deal, which is likely pushing the initial 2025 release date out further. While delays suck, I personally feel that waiting is the least that we can do as consumers, so those that make us the content that we love can put a roof over their head and food on their table. While Australia actually regulated loot boxes with legislation a couple of weeks ago, the UK is currently taking a swing to regulate loot boxes without passing laws. With the UK Games Industry Trade Association, or UKIE, instituting 11, quote, industry principles. UKIE is essentially asking the gaming industry to self-regulate. This is because the UK government doesn't want to step in and do their job. 
The 11 industry principles mimic other loot box legislation around the world, like restricting loot boxes to 18 or older players, making loot box odds understandable and transparent, and implementing a research cycle where gaming companies disclose data to researchers and the government. However, none of the 11 principles are actually legally binding, so I have my doubts that the video game industry will take it upon themselves to self-regulate loot boxes. Because there's literally no incentive or penalty to make these companies comply with these principles. This is literally asking the foxes to guard the hen house. All the video game industry has to do is say that they're following these principles while they continue to market and develop loot boxes for children and gambling addicts. The second death knell of Activision's Overwatch League rang out yesterday, with Activision Blizzard laying off approximately 50 employees working in their esports department. According to what some former staff told The Verge, ActaBliz didn't warn affected employees before they were laid off, and none of them were offered any opportunities to switch roles or teams within the company. One former employee pointed out to The Verge that this seems like Activision Blizzard's way of closing its entire esports division, citing that with the remaining esports employees, it'd be extremely difficult for them to support both the Overwatch League and Call of Duty League. On top of the layoffs, Activision has made some changes to the Overwatch League's franchising agreements with teams. Under the new terms, OWL teams will now vote on a new operating agreement at the end of this season. And due to the financial disaster that the OWL has become, Activision is offering to pay a $6 million termination fee to any team that chooses not to continue in the Overwatch League. Now, $6 million does seem like a decent parting gift, but it doesn't really recoup the franchise slot, player and support staff salaries, nor general operation costs for the last six years, especially when most teams have spent upwards of 20 to $30 million over the last six years to play in the Overwatch League. So I have my doubts that the franchise owners will be satisfied with this payout alone which could ultimately lead to several team owners suing Activision Blizzard to recoup more than one-sixth of their losses. Regardless of the final outcome, though, Activision Blizzard's esports scene is on its last leg, and I'll personally be surprised if we actually see a seventh season of the Overwatch League. Alright, that's another week in the book for Let's Play. Make sure you subscribe so you can come back on Monday for even more video game news. Follow us on TikTok at Let's Play Gaming News and leave us a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podchaser, and Amazon. Story selection and writing by Aaron Pillen. You can follow him on Twitter at Lloyd underscore RNG. You can follow me on Twitter at Nate Venderama and catch me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. My name's Nate Bender. Keep listening. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.